Let's do this. Get set. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yusinski on AM 800 CKLW, the information station. Running Flat Radio is a paid program on AM 800. That day, for no particular reason, I decided to go for a little run. So I ran to the end of the road. And when I got there, and I ran, and I ran, and I ran. Chris Yuzinski here on Running Flat Radio. Welcome to another edition of Running Flat Radio. If you're not familiar with the show, it's kind of all about running and endurance and, and, and all those wonderful things. But but one of the things that we're going to do today, and it's kind of out of the ordinary, is it's all going to be all about triathlon and try, try. I, I We do a weekly email blast out to... Uh, our subscribing members and runners, uh, it goes out to almost uh, 9,000 uh, runners now every Monday. And, uh, you know, the topic today was, is triathlon dying? And if it's so interesting. I've talked to so many race directors across this country who have a different point of view of what's happening in triathlon. But there is something, uh, there is something amiss here. And uh, we're going to talk to uh, some incredible experts about triathlon uh, this week. Uh, Tim Wilson, the CEO of Triathlon Canada, is going to join me in in the first uh, after the first break, around uh, 15 after the hour, and then half past the hour, our old friend Steve Fleck, uh, who is also the guy who voices Iron Man Canada, uh, lifelong uh, triathlete and, and cyclist, great guy. He's going to be on. Uh, Barry Shepley, Hall of Fame Olympic coach, and and also he's the coach to our good friend Lionel Sanders. Uh, he's also going to be on, and so is Kevin McKinnon, who is the, uh, the founding editor of Triathlon Magazine here in Canada. So we've really got some excellent experts talking about it. And I literally said no to five or six race directors from around the country who wanted to be on the air with us today talking about it. And I said, you know what we might do is maybe we'll do it as a race director's show, maybe a little bit later on in the season to kind of talk about, you know, the challenges of putting on a small triathlon and uh, and getting people out and trying to get the message out and of course trying to get the kids out who are going to become you know uh triathletes in their 20s and 30s and 40s continually competing so uh, it's a fascinating topic i mean it's all about getting people involved in the community and getting them out racing and we're going to talk about that all hour it's stay tuned you're gonna love this uh but you know one of the things that i do want to talk about is i want to talk about some of our races running flat produces a number of races throughout the year uh, mostly 5K, 10Ks, and and, uh, and half marathons. And, uh, you know, tomorrow morning we will release the final medal. All the medals are in with uh, with Chris Hadfield on them for our Canada Day event in Amherstburg, Ontario. Don't forget that's July 1st at 9 a.m. It is almost sold out. And because of the volume of people that we have at this race, I'm not kidding you, we'll know by next Friday if this is not the largest race in the country on July 1st. Uh, I know that we're we're on the cusp of being larger than Ottawa and, and a couple other major cities in this country, but little old Amherstburg, Ontario, you know, 20 minutes, uh, you know, from Windsor, uh, it's going to be somewhere between 1,000 and 1,200 runners for this race, and I'm telling you, we, we may we may be, we're up there, maybe top three largest races in the country on that day, so stay tuned to that. But because the race is so large, uh, what we've got to do is we need to also do race kit pickup uh, the night before, not just morning of. So because a large, because, so we need to get registrants out to the Libro Center on Malosh Road earlier uh, on, on the, the Tuesday night from 3 till 8 p.m. And then on the day of the race, we're starting registration pickup and, and onset registration if there were some bibs left by then uh, at 7 a.m., not eight. We usually do it like an hour before. We're two hours before and don't show up 10 minutes before the gun goes off because um, that would just, uh, you know, that's just difficult to deal with. So so definitely come out uh, the night before to Libro Center, pick up your shirt and your bib and and that way you got nothing to worry about. You don't have to wait in any lines except for the, the starting block for a really, really good time. So uh, that's Canada Day, July 1st and uh, looking forward to seeing everybody there. Uh, shortly after Canada Day on the Saturday, uh, the 4th, is Rock Me Anaphylaxis. Uh, it's such a great event because it's all about rock music and, and, and having a, uh, a really big act on, on the main stage in downtown Windsor at the Fork and Cork. 
It's a part of the Fork and Cork where we actually use their infrastructure, and we have the Funk Junkies on, who are a great band that does, you know, great funk classics, you know, from the 70s and 80s. And uh, so they're going to be doing all the live music as you're finishing off that 5K. And we have a couple acts along the course as well. Uh, remember, this entire race is all about anaphylaxis and allergy and asthma and, and raising awareness. And, and the funds go to the educate the Windsor Asthma uh, allergy education center so uh that's also all these races by the way are on runningflat.com uh where you can reach them and and find out more information uh our friends from utah the color runner back uh july 18th and uh that is always an amazing spectacle this year is a shine tour uh there is a medal there's a really cool shirt and uh it's a great family event I, you know i recommend you bring your grandfather your grandmother you know the baby in the carriage bring them all uh because it's it's a great great time and, and a great way to take pictures of the whole family uh with with all the the color and, and all the fun uh one of our, our social experiments for the summer uh it's uh it's we have our, our sponsors at 89x our sister station down here um are joining us for the walkerville brewery craft draft on august 8th that is going to be quite the race. Did I tell you? It's a beer run. And uh, it's a beer run on a hot August night on an evening race. And when you register, you have to declare your marital status. So you either get a green bib, a red bib, or a yellow bib. The green bib means I am available. The red bib means I am taken or married. And the yellow bib means, well, it's just complicated. So uh, I know lots of folks are having fun with that. Uh, we've even had some bibs switch in the last week or so, which is amazing. They went from green to, to red. They may end up going back, I'm sure, before the race. You never know. Uh, that's the fun of, of runners and running. But, you know, I, I had a, a number of runners come up to me after we announced this race. I said, yeah, you know what? My girlfriends and I, we go for a race. And, and you know, we see a cute guy, but we never know if they're available. Well, now you'll know. You'll know, and you'll have a beer in your hand, and uh, and then you can go talk to them. It's uh, it's one of our social experiments. We're always trying to push the boundaries at Running Flat, make things more exciting, more fun, and uh, and you know, it's craft draft, and Walkerville's great beer, so you guys are gonna love that. Uh, let's not forget about the uh, the Run for Heroes Marathon, uh, half marathon, sorry, 10K Kids Marathon, uh, brought to you by Libro. And, uh, and of course, a 5K has been added to that as of recent. Uh, the event, we're going to have some special announcements coming up in the next couple of weeks about uh, hopefully joining with, with a couple other races on that and, uh, and kind of expanding our purview on that race. It's an incredible course because it's super flat. It's super fast. It's great scenic. You actually run through historic Fort Malden, the epicenter of the Battle of 1812. And uh, it's, it's such a wonderful race because, uh, you know, all the citizens come out. Uh, Course-wise, you know, aid stations every 2K with Porta Johns. It's, uh, it's a fabulous race that you want to be a part of. Uh, it's Run for Heroes, and that's September uh, 21st of this year. Uh, you have been listening to, to Running Flat Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk all about triathlon on AM800 CKLW. for Canada Day at Adventure Bay. Adventure Bay Family Water Park, presented by WFCU, is celebrating Canada Day in a big way. On July 1st, take advantage of discounted admission rates of $12 for adults and $7 for children, plus $2 from every admission will help support the Windsor Ronald McDonald House. To learn more, visit adventurebay.ca. Sponsored by McDonald's, CTV, and AM800 CKLW. Supported by Windsor Regional Hospital. From the AM800 Weather Center, here is your latest forecast. Clear tonight with an overnight low of 14. Tomorrow, mainly sunny with a daytime high of 26. Thursday, cloudy with a 40% chance of showers and a high 19. Friday, a mix of sun and cloud with a high 22. Saturday, a mix of sun and cloud and a high 19. Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of showers and a high 21. Once again, for tonight, clear skies and a low 14. The following is a paid commercial message. 
A lot has changed over the years, and so has Ontario's health and physical education curriculum. It has now been fully updated for the first time since 1998. That's 17 years ago. The curriculum now includes more information about healthy relationships, consent, mental health, and online safety. Learn more at Ontario.ca slash HPE. Paid for by the Government of Ontario. The issues that matter. It was very disappointing. Be, be, be heard. The fact that there was not a restriction on animal ownership imposed in this case. The Lynn Martin Show, weekdays 9 till noon on AM 800. Keep fit. Keep active. Keep running. This, this is Running Flat Radio on AM 800. And it's uh, Chris Uzinski. Welcome back to Running Flat Radio. Uh, like I promised, this is our show all about try. And uh, the man who heads up trying Canada is on the line with us, Tim Wilson. Tim has uh, had a number of positions. He's actually the CEO of, of Triathlon Canada. He's had a number of positions with sports organizations in his native Australia since 1990, including executive director of Triathlon Australia. Uh, welcome to Running Flat, Tim. Thank you. It's great to be here. Awesome. Hey, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what uh, the role of, tri- of Triathlon Canada is. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Triathlon Canada is is responsible for a number of different elements. Uh, our business really expands from developing junior talent right through to having athletes on the Olympic podium. Podium, but we also are responsible for, I guess, developing participation and events and ensuring the events uh, are all safe and sanctioned and have insurance and uh, that triathletes uh, come away for, from a triathlon event with, uh, you know, with a uh, full, uh, successful and happy experience. And, and just, just so we can make a parallel here between running and Athletics Canada, um, you can have a race that's not sanctioned by Athletics Canada and, and lots of races are not measured, they're not sanctioned at all. Um, across the country and and have been for a number of years. Um, so in, in in the triathlon world, are all triathlons sanctioned by Triathlon Canada? Yeah, it's a good question. That's certainly our intention that all events are sanctioned. Um, I mean, it's a mandatory requirement in many countries. In Canada, it's not a mandatory requirement. However, a lot of councils have uh, and municipalities have looked at this issue and have, uh, I, I guess, expressed concern. There is an issue, of course, if someone does get injured in an event that's not sanctioned, um, and we haven't necessarily endorsed the the rules, the course, and the technical officials involved, there is a liability issue. So it's really in the best interest of the race director and the municipality that actually is uh, hosting the event that uh, the event is sanctioned. Yeah, and also I know like from, it's called AC Road is really the road side of, of Athletics Canada, and it's really their hope that if everyone's sanctioned by, by Athletics Canada or AC Road, that there's a level of expectation, right, that the course is going to be truly measured as 5K, it'll be insured, it'll have, you know, all these proper standards of Porta Johns and, and water stations and hydration. And so, so like, the uh, th- there's a level of expertise that goes along with that moniker. And uh, so I, I've always wondered about that. Uh, so, so, but there are some triathlons that are run without sanctioning at all. Uh, very, very limited ones, um, and it's a trending downwards. Uh, I think most race directors see the light that they would prefer to err on the side of being uh, part of the bigger picture, and as you said, that provides the quality factor and provides the guides and the guidelines and the rules that are all internationally recognised. Um, so. There is the odd event, but generally they're very small participation and uh, participant numbers are small in those events. Sometimes they're only raising funding for, you know, a special project. But certainly all the major events um, and, you know, across the country are all sanctioned. And, And how many events are there across the country in a year? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, uh, if you look at our biggest province, Ontario, we've got at the moment, uh, we've probably got about 70 to 70, 65 to 70 events uh, across the country. We've probably got around 350 events. yeah, being staged on any weekend. Uh, keep in mind, in Canada, the the season is very short. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Was you know, from from snow to snow, uh, that that's not a lot of weekends to have uh, tries. 
No, it's not. And what we find is that over the weekend, there is a lot of opportunity in terms of events uh, being available to any participant. So um, there is uh, tends to be a real cramming of events, given we've only got a three-month season. And, and has there been an uptake in the number of events over the last, let's say, four or five years? It's probably been, well, let's just go back a step. Probably in the last five years, there's certainly been a massive growth in events. Um, and there has been uh, probably in the last in the, in the in the last period, there's probably been a bit more of a shakeout where some of those events uh, that weren't drawing the participation levels that they wished uh, have dropped off the uh, off the schedule. But over, I guess, generally, overall, the events have been steady. Uh, we've seen a steady increase, and now we've seen, I guess, a, a steady, uh, what we would probably call market maturity, where those events that were small, um, probably the quality wasn't up to the expectation of the participant. They have tended to drop off. Um, and then you've got the real quality events uh, maintaining and treading, uh, treading, you know, keeping pace with the market. Now, that's an interesting comment that you made there. Um, you know, we, we've seen extreme growth here in, in our runs because our runs are, are very, very fun. There's huge themes, and, and when you look at all the general numbers, 60% of everyone who we've got into our runs every year have never run before. But a radio show like this and, and the marketing we do and the way we do our events, we, we lower the threshold and anxiety of people to get into our events, which is pretty easy when you think of a pair of running shoes. Triathlon is way different, right? I mean, you got to swim, you need a bike, and you got to run. I mean, you have those key elements which, which make it difficult to, to, to market to new people. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure young, uh, smaller events don't have those marketing dollars or, or that ability to do that. Um, and you say that there's, there's quality events. Those quality events are, are larger events, right? I mean, they're not small events. Yeah, that, that's right. Well, just to answer your question, um, I think where you were moving towards was that, yeah, I mean, triathlon has had phenomenal success across the world. Um, and it's because of three major factors. Of course, the swim, bike and run are all easily accessible. Okay, they're not as accessible as a pair of running shoes because you've got to buy a bike, you've got to learn to ride it. The biggest factor in many countries, not so much Australia because we're a very much a swimming culture, but Canada is very similar too, yep. in that most kids coming through schools learn how to swim. And uh, and that's why there's been a, a huge uptake in, in our countries. Um, but even if you look about look at the world trends of triathlon, um, our biggest growth now is around about seven or eight percent, and that's coming out of Asia. Countries like China, Pakistan, Taiwan—they're all big countries now that are, uh, are seeing increase in participation, mainly because the major factors of swim, bike, and run is more accessible to the, to those people. So, so in emerging markets, you're seeing a big increase, and we are also seeing that same type of increase when it comes to Tough Mudder, Color Run, everyone else who's yeah. going abroad. Um, but what about what's happening in mature markets? I guess like Canada, and just so I can tell the listeners, for those who don't know a lot about triathlon, this is relatively a new sport. Yeah. I mean, I mean this, this is this is not a sport that's gone on for centuries here. Um, I mean, tr everything I've read about it, it says it's really kind of founded in 1978. Is that is that about the date that? Yeah, well, you see, well there's certainly there's dates and, and and claims of when the first triathlon was staged, and you know, the Canada, U.S., uh, Australia were all fairly strong uh, countries that were you know quick on the uptake to participate in triathlon, but. If you looked at the international body, in fact, when we became as an international body, that was in 1989. Um, so, yeah, relatively young, 25 years. That's really nothing when you compare our most of our colleagues uh, in other Olympic sports. So massive increase in participation over 25 years. We're now, you think back, you know, we're now an Olympic sport. We're in the Commonwealth Games. We're about to participate in the Pan Am Games in Toronto. Um, that's a massive, uh, you know, growth, and uh, and it's still growing. Um, you know, it, we what's happening is there's uh, the rest of the world is really catching on to what we were doing or just commencing 25 years ago, and that's that's the situation we face now internationally. Is that 
as as uh, other countries get onto the sport, our competition levels increase. Uh, so you know we've always got to be Canada's always got to be at the, at the forefront um, in terms of its elite development to try and maintain the pace with our international competition. So if we can just take a look at Canada or, or North America in general, just just for a second, if we take out take out Iron Man and, and all the iterations of Iron Girl, their their Olympic sprint that they were trying to do and everything else. And we take out uh, the Family Challenge series as well. Um, that leaves us with more homegrown races that, that have been around, more community-based races. Correct? I mean, that, that pretty much takes the big nationals out of it? Um, yeah. I mean, most of the big events are obviously are there for big, uh, the big events because they've got the large number of participants participants but there will always be the smaller event operating out of a ymca for instance uh, in alberta uh, events in nova scotia that are community-based events yep sure. well, well like like even tomato man locally here in leamington um there's the uh, uh the, the kids triathlon too here um you know at the, at the waterfront in, in tecumseh um there's all kinds of wonderful small smaller events in all communities so when you talk about growth over the last number of years those are the guys that I'm kind of concerned about because those are those are my bread and butter guys too because they're just like me. And are, are they seeing the growth in the smaller races, not just the bigger guys with the big marketing budgets? That's a good question. Um, I really wouldn't be able to speak for the numbers that are appearing in, say, the fairly uh, community-based events. I don't know how those numbers are stacking up. Um, what we can tell you, what I can tell you, is that our participation numbers are generally steady across the province and across the country. Um, you've got to, I think, appreciate, too, that there is a lot of events available. Um, as I said before, mm. uh, on any given weekend, we could have four to five fairly prominent triathlon events within two hours' drive of each other. Well, yeah, 350 events in, in one year compressed to a 90-day segment, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, we in Canada are trying to, I guess one of the challenges for us here in Canada is to try and stretch that season out. And one of the events that we've seen a lot of increase in growth is winter triathlon. Um, And that's probably been a very interesting phenomenon for us because uh, we are so suited in this country for winter triathlon, which is a a snowshoe, a cross-country ski and a, a skate. And we've been pushing that at the international level. Well, that, that we're talking that this event is only probably two years old, and we've already in Canada staged two of those world championship events. Right. Both times we've led the world, and it has increased dramatically. Now, if you look at some of the provinces that are now jumping onto this event, they're picking up five and six events. Uh, so this is a growth area, and what it's going to do is that it's going to extend our season and our interest, and our members will, rather than put a, hang up their shoes at the end of the first, you know September, they're going to be, I guess, adjusting their training to now compete over the winter. Tim, we're, we're, we're out of time. I, I thank you very much for joining us and, uh, and telling us all about what's happening at Triathlon Canada. And, uh, and have a great day. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks. All the best. Bye. You're listening Bye to Running Flat Radio on AM800 CKLW. From the AM800 News Center, your number one news source in Windsor, Essex. An information update with Mike McDonald. A tractor trailer crashes close the westbound 401 at Communication Road in Chatham. Around 2.30 this afternoon, the transport left the road and rolled down a hill on the north side of the nearby overpass. The lone occupant, a 63-year-old Windsor man, was airlifted to hospital where he's listed in critical condition. LaSalle police have made an arrest in connection with a fatal hit-and-run last week. 38-year-old Jared Rusnick is facing charges in the death of 38-year-old Kevin Emish, who was struck while riding his bicycle on the 800 block of Huron Street. Emish was rushed to hospital where he died. The investigation continues. A motorcycle crash in the Walkerville area uh, earlier this month has claimed a life. Crash between the motorcycle and a van happened June 4th at the corner of Chilver Road in Richmond. Motorcyclist, a 56-year-old Bell River man, was taken to hospital where he died earlier today. Charges are pending. 
In sports, Tigers continuing their, seri- uh, their series in Cleveland tonight. It is scoreless at the end of the first. Blue Jays are in Tampa Bay tonight to face the Rays. That game also scoreless. NHL salary cap is going up for the 2015-16 season. The league and the NHL Players Association announced today that the cap will go up to $71.4 million. as an increase of $2.1 million from this season. From the AM800 Weather Center, clear tonight in the low 14. Tomorrow, mainly sunny in a high 26. It's 25 Celsius, that's 77 Fahrenheit. I'm Mike McDonald, AM800 News. This is your heart on the Hyundai Santa Fe Sport. This is your brain on the Hyundai Santa Fe Sport. Whoa, whoa, not so fast. I'm running the numbers here. This is your heart attacking your brain. Ow, ow, stop it, ow! Hey, my calculator, my stem! This is your heart and brain on the 2015 Santa Fe Sport for just $24,995. Oh, yeah! This is amazing! Where's all this serotonin coming from? Get up to 12 weekly payments on us. On now at Windsor Hyundai, EC Row and Manning. When you hear about it, don't just talk, react. I'm just saying we need to get away from the traditional way of thinking. Well, they say the decision is not being changed. We are not giving up the fight. I have identified 11 violations by the administration. The Lynn Martin Show, the only open line talk show in Windsor, Essex. What's she going to do about revamping the insurance system in this province so they don't have to pay through the nose? Weekdays, 9 till noon on AM 800. Helping you achieve your personal best. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski on AM 800. And welcome back to Running Flat Radio, our triathlon edition. Uh, just before the break, we have to quickly go into news. Was Tim Wilson, the CEO of Triathlon Canada, talking about the 350 events that happen really within a 90-day window here in Canada? That is a lot of events from coast to coast. So I've kind of assembled this, this dream team panel um, who's on next. Uh, starting with uh, my, my old friend Steve Fleck, uh, who's uh, you know a lifelong cyclist and triathlete. Uh, he works for endurance sports races and events as an announcer. He's uh, the official race announcer for Recharge with Milk Triathlon Series. And you've also, if you've done an Ironman in Canada, you've probably also heard Steve's voice as well. Steve, welcome to Running Flat Radio. Great to be on the uh, air with you, Chris. Hey, thanks, Thank man. you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Up next is Barry Shepley, a name that, that we know locally here, uh, a Hall of Fame Olympic coach uh, for Canada, uh, co-founder of Canada's Kids of Steel program that's across the country, and he's also an international TV analyst and coach of our, of our past guest and good friend Lionel Sanders. Uh, welcome, Barry. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and lastly, uh, Kevin McKinnon, uh, who was a pro tri- triathlete for nine years, uh, he's been a, he is a coach and an announcer and a journalist since 1993 when he retired, and uh, he's also uh, the founding uh, editor of Triathlon Magazine in Canada. Welcome, Kevin. Hello. So you know what? I, thanks, guys, for joining me today. You know, one of the things that that kind of spurred on this entire uh, triathlon show was I'd heard a number of race directors really complaining of, of numbers being down from year to year. And I'm not talking by a little bit, but by a lot. And triathlons in general aren't very large events unless you go to, you know, that, that Ironman-style race, which has, you know, a couple thousand competitors and plus more. But, you know, I'm talking about the guys who've got, you know, two, three hundred, four hundred folks going out, doing their first try, and, uh, and that's what spurred on this entire show. So I really want to talk to you guys individually about what do you think's going on in these markets? Steve, you want well, to start? It's, um, it's Steve here. And, and Chris, I would, I would think Tim Wilson, who was on earlier, kind of alluded to that. It's, it's really sort of best of times and worst of times. Not really worst of times, but not clearly the best of times. I mean, the sport is, is large, reasonably large. It, it's healthy. But growth in North America has kind of flattened out at a participatory rate. It grew really well for 10 years, starting around 2000. Um, And then I'd say in the last two or three, it's kind of flattened out. And I think it's caught a lot of people and certain kinds of events by surprise. Barry, what are, you, what are you seeing out there? I mean, you're so entrenched in, in this, and, and especially at the levels you were at as an Olympic coach, and, and now you're actually uh, you know, coaching elite athletes. Uh, what are you seeing out there? Well, you know, I think, first of all, if you look at the Essex County um, model, you know, Leamington, Tomato Man, the Windsor, you know, triathlon that started off as the Auto Man, uh, Bell River, a few other of those events, one of the things that, that I see happening, once people have sort of committed to a, an Ironman, 
they don't race very often in a season. So I would say that there are actually more net triathletes in Canada this right now than at any point in, in all of history. The issue is that they aren't necessarily showing up in Essex County as often as we did, say, back when Jamie Kazarak and Dan Murray and, and Donna Laurie and those great athletes from Windsor and Essex County were racing 20 years ago. You know, the Windsor race was one of the biggest races. Lori Bowden, the Hawaii Ironman champion, I can remember her doing the Windsor Automan triathlon. And so at that era, there weren't as many options. There weren't nearly as many half Ironman races or Ironman races. And so now what I see happening are people, they, they might actually come out and volunteer at the Automan or the Leamington race, but they're not actually participating as much. So one of the issues I think that the sport needs to see are the the sort of recruitment of newbies. You know, these people who are doing these sort of one-hour to two-hour races, two or three in a summer, mostly in their own county, because that's having an impact when I talk to John McKibben from Windsor uh, and some of the other events, that there are more people training. There just aren't as many people showing up at the local race. And yet when you go last last weekend in Mount Tremblant, you know, 2,500 people were there. So it's not that they're not showing up, but they're showing up in bigger events, training more often and not racing quite as often at the local level. So let me ask you, Kevin, you know, in all of your years as a professional triathlete and then, you know, working as a founding editor of a magazine, do, do you think, you know, when you look at the maturity of the sport, you think it's just money? Like it's just cost because Ironman costs so much. You know, it's like a $5,000 weekend by the time you travel, ship your bike, register, buy your gear you know, get your flight, uh, that there's just no money left in the pool? Uh, well, no, I think, I think cost has always, um, always been an issue, but it's stayed pretty much the same. Like, you look at the demographics, this is why sport, uh, why sponsors want to be involved with triathletes, right? You know, the average income of a triathlete in Canada is 150 grand a year. Um, average age is 38. Um, 98% of them have post-secondary education. Um, they, they, they're, this is a very sort of uh, wealthy crew, um, so they can totally afford to do these events. I think Barry was 100% bang on, and I know he'll remember uh, coaching back in the 90s. And, um, you know, we, we used to, I, I was just recounting with someone today, um, I, I can't remember all the times that I would have people do a shorter race and then go and do the run course again because we didn't have all of these different options. Um, so I, I think the, the issue is now that uh, you just have so many people who are focusing on some of the bigger races. So the, the best example I can give is the Milton Triathlon last year uh, when Mitch Fraser and the rest of the crew from, uh, from Trisport Promotions were setting up on the Saturday morning for the Sunday morning race. There were 30 people from Milton who got into Kelso or Lake Kelso, Kelso Lake, to go for an open water swim. Not a single one of them was doing the race the next day. They were all getting ready for Montremblant, the Ironman. Hmm. Any follow-up from, uh, from Barry or Steve on, on how we get people involved? Good, yeah. Yeah. Good to go ahead, Go ahead, Barry. Well, I think one of the key elements is that there needs to be a little bit more focus on, on the club development on, on newbies. Because, and, and again, I emphasize that, I, I put on two winter triathlons indoors. So I, ta- I heard Tim uh, before we came on talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the winter actual events of snowshoeing and so forth. But these indoor races are 15-minute swim, 15 minutes on electronic bike, and 15 minutes running on an indoor track. And, you know, we, we got about 35 to 50 new people who, who said, hey, that's not that intimidating. I don't even have to own a bike. I can just show up in my bathing suit and running shoes and, and do this 45-minute race. So I think there needs to be more of that, uh, you know, sort of bare bones, very inexpensive, just getting people started, using a mountain bike or whatever else you have. Uh, and then eventually when they feel the, the love that this is something I'm going to do a lot, you know, then they will go and buy a, a much more expensive bike and a wetsuit and the other elements. But some, some of the organizations and clubs have sort of focused a bit more on the higher-end guys, you know, who are getting ready for a half or an Ironman or racing in Chicago this year at the World Champs. And I think that might be having a bit of an intimidating factor of, of scaring some people away. And Kevin can certainly tell you with, you know, the Iron Girl race they had in, uh, in Grimsby the last two or three years, you see 700 women, many of them first-timers on a mountain bike. Right. And that kind of flavor I think we need to be pushing more and more at the local level. 
Well, and just I, to, I just agree. to follow up on that, if I could. Steve? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, just to follow up on that, uh, you know, Barry is, I think, 100% right again. I, I agree with him on that front. But the, the other thing to remember is um, the, the fact that, you know, Barry's doing these races and, and getting the newbies in. That's what's keeping this stuff going. Forty percent of the people who do Ironmans in North America are first-timers or, or doing their, their first-time Ironman. Fifty percent of those are one and done. So yeah. it, it, without, those, without the newbies who are coming in, Ironman and, uh, would not be growing the way it is. Um, and so uh, I, I think, you know, I, I, what I would say is don't sell yourself short. You know, we're doing a good job. We're doing a reasonable job of getting newbies in. But for the sport to grow now, we need to get a lot more of them. So, well, you know, we, can't, we need to do more of that. Hey, Kevin, let, let me ask you a question. Um, and I see, and you see, you know, the kind of guy or gal who, you know, they want their check mark beside, you know, Mount Everest, their check yeah. mark. I rode up Mount, you know, El Duez, their check mark. I did an Ironman, their check yeah. mark. I did Western States 100. I know where uh, how do you coming. keep those people in the sport rather than they just got their Ironman T-shirt and their logo and they can move on? Hey, uh, you know, Barry, uh, you know, I don't, I don't work for Ironman any longer, but uh, certainly that was one of the things that we spent so much time trying to figure out. Uh, that, that is the challenge uh, because it is, uh, you, know, it's, it's, you know, you see the same thing with marathon running as well. So many people work their way up through the distances. They get the marathon done, and then they move on. And then, you know, you see so many of them heading off to triathlon. Um, you see so many of them heading off to cycling. And that is the big challenge right now um, is, to, is to figure out how to get these people to stick around. You know, and I think the invention or invention, the creation of the 70.3 series was a huge step in in that direction. I don't. I, I think if that had not come along in 2005, we would have seen all of this happen uh, five, six, seven years ago, rather than what we're seeing now in terms of that plateauing that that Steve was talking about. And you know, it's the same thing in marathon, right? In marathon, over the last 12 years, the marathon number in North America has not changed. It's half a million marathoners. Period. A lot of those are, you know, first-time doers and did it. You know, it's on my bucket list, and some of those are, you know, I do four a year. But that number hasn't changed. What the, the massive growth we've had in the last decade has been through half marathon. And then, of course, in the last four years has been, you know, the color run and all the really, really fun events, you know, where we kind of lower the, the anxiety and the expectations of, of a very, very competitive event and make it into a very fun event. And maybe that's what you're talking about when it comes to mountain bikes on the course with, with an iron girl or, mm-hmm. or, you know, having much more lower entry and expectation of, of professional performance, I guess, is probably a better way of putting it. Well, and one of the things I would certainly love to see us explore more, just to follow up on, on what Barry was suggesting and talking about, the club system, um, you know, creating more team events, more club events, more relays, um, and, and getting that kind of stuff happening, I, I think is possibly something that could really help. I don't know what you think on that front, Barry and, and Steve. Big time, yeah. We're, like I'm going in two weeks down to uh, St. Andrews, the, the challenge race, which is a, you know, a rival of Ironman, and we have uh, 38 people going, and half of them are making up a relay team, one swimmer, one biker, one runner, and you know, suddenly, A, they're involved in the sport, but then suddenly they see somebody else who looks like them doing the whole race, and they go, wow, that 70-year-old guy, that 65-year-old woman's doing that? Maybe next year I'll do the whole thing. So I think the relay and the team camaraderie is a big element of it for sure. Well, and I also love the, the ITU relays that we've been starting to go. You know, certainly my son has been doing them. A lot of the kids that I'm coaching are getting the opportunities to do these relays at uh, some of the junior events across the country where everyone does a swim, a bike, and a run, and they're short and they're quick, and the kids have a riot with them. And I, I would just love to see us uh, you know, start creating some more events like that, I think, too. That would be really helpful. Do you know, in Essex County, guys, we have two schools, two schools dedicated to hockey. I kid you not. There's a, there's a school here in winter that has a hockey program where you enroll your kid and he plays hockey all day and all night, you know, between classes. And we also have one out in the county that does the same thing. That's a private school that does that. And I was thinking to myself, what if we actually, because according to Canadian government statistics, more kids swim in this country than play soccer, 
which is which is number two, and hockey's number three. Every kid's well, got this, a mountain this, bike in the garage, and every kid's got a pair of sneakers. Well, well, this is Canada, Chris, so I wouldn't be surprised that there's, there's hockey schools and hockey academies. It makes uh, it makes perfect sense, and I, and I don't think you know triathlon's n- not going to ever be like a massive, huge sport at the level of you know basketball or hockey um, or even or even swimming. It, it's it's always going to be a minor you know a minor sport. But just to extend what what Barry and you know and uh, and Kevin were talking about, I, I think with all due respect to Ironman and and the World Triathlon Corporation, which is sort of the parent company, right. I think the sport in terms of the participatory level has kind of painted itself into a box in that triathlon equals Ironman or, or mm. a 70.3. And all these interesting new formats that we're all talking about, and, and Barry talked about them, and Kevin talked about them, and, and you, I mean, we see this in running, like the, the very interesting new formats and races and events. I mean, you're involved with, with Color Run here in Canada, right. the mud runs, the obstacle runs. This, millions of people have, you know, taken on the challenge of doing some kind of a physical activity and with mostly running in these races in the last few years. Whereas triathlon, it, we've kind of defined it as this thing. It, it sort of, it has to be an Ironman or it has to be a 70.3. And I think what we need to do collectively is kind of open up our minds. Tim talked about that in terms of, hey, we're, we're, this is Canada. We've got snow yep. on the ground for half of the year. Maybe it's winter triathlon. I don't know what that new interesting format is going to be. But I think an education process needs to go on to the triathlon population in general that, hey, there's these other things that yep. you, you can do. Kevin, you talked about the, the, the relay format, and I wish people could see that re- relay format. I watched the one um, from Hamburg uh, last year. Barry, you made the race call on that. That was the most amazing racing and endurance sports racing of any kind that I've seen in the last few years. Yeah, I think there's a couple of elements that you guys are coming back to. And one of the things that, um, you know, I think, Chris, from a a Canadian perspective, it's easy to get kind of caught into the North American, certainly much more focused around Ironman. If you travel around the world, uh, you know, for example, the Brownleys in two weeks have a a race, uh, Alistair and Johnny, in their town, sold out with 5,000 people, and most of them are under the age of 16. Uh, like, you know, they're, they're, they're wow. getting these young people in at the very short distance. And, and we are seeing one of the most popular growth distances is the sprint because I, I can do that whole thing in 55 minutes for, a, yep. you know, a, an average good athlete to maybe 75 minutes to a, a rookie. And I don't have to really put that much training. I can still go golf in the afternoon or cut my grass or whatever. And so, you know, I think part of it is – uh, the, the initial Im- image is that, wow, I, I'm not a real athlete if I do something that only lasts 65 or 70 minutes. I mean, this Ironman thing takes, you know, 10 to 14, 15 hours. So part of it is breaking down that macho element of it that I can do something that I only have to train five hours a week for. I can still play my ice hockey or go play tennis in the afternoon, uh, and it doesn't take a lot of equipment or time. And yeah. so I can definitely see that happening in other countries. Uh, much more than in North America, where still the Ironman brand has had a very prevalent uh, aspect because it got started in North America. You know, some of the top athletes have been in Canada, and now there's three or four Ironman races in our in our own country. You know, gentlemen, I, gentlemen we're, we're totally out of time. I would love to continue this conversation because i got a million questions like, why don't we have heroes in endurance sports? You know, like they do in basketball and like they do in hockey and everywhere else. Like, that, like the, Simon Whitfield? Well, yeah, like Simon, but with Simon's gone, <laughs> yeah, right? right? You, that. You, I, we you, do absolutely. have some heroes. They're just not as famous as some of those. I know, those, I know. We're not, we're not putting them on cereal boxes. So let's look. Well, you know, we can we can save that for another day. But Kevin, Barry, Steve, thank you very much for joining us. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to people who, who are right there in the thick of it and, and have been pioneers in the sport for so many years. Thanks for joining keep us. Up, keep up Thanks the good work. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you all the best. You are listening to Running Flat Radio, and it's time for Song of the Week really, really quickly uh, because we are out of time. The Moth and the Flame is the band, and the song is The Young and Afraid. Put this on your download. It's an awesome tune. You're listening to Running Flat Radio on AM800.
Hey, have you heard about this show, The Affair? Very hot. I won the Golden Globe for Best Drama this year. And Ray Donovan? Now he is definitely hot. Masters of Sex. Totally hot. Homeland. Weeds. Nurse Jackie. They're all part of the Showtime collection that's now on Crave TV. Crave TV? Yeah, four bucks a month gets you hundreds of amazing series. Cool. And hot. Yeah, cool. Like Ray Donovan? He's hot and cool. Okay, this could go on forever. Crave TV. All you can watch for four bucks a month with your TV subscription. For details, visit CraveTV.ca. And now the latest forecast from the AM800 Weather Center. Clear tonight with a low of 14. Tomorrow, mainly sunny with a daytime high of 26. Thursday, cloudy skies with a 40% chance of showers and an afternoon high of 19. Friday, a mix of sun and cloud and a high 22. Saturday, a mix of sun and cloud and a high 19. Sunday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of showers and a high 21. Once again for tonight, clear skies and an overnight low of 14. We asked people, what makes McCafe Coffee so good? Smooth, it's delicious. Aromatic. It's fresh, it's fast. They make it perfect every time. I like the flavor and also like the value. You definitely should go try one. You need to try McDonald's coffee. You have to try it. The rich, smooth, and delicious taste of McCafe Premium Roast Coffee. I'm switching. Buy any seven hot McCafe beverages and get the eighth medium free. Only at McDonald's. Give it a try and it'll be your new favorite. At participating McDonald's restaurants in Canada, see restaurant for details. When you're able to focus your mind and your body, anything is possible. From 5K runs to half marathons to the full 26.2 miles. We talk about it all on Running Flat Radio, Tuesdays, 7 till 8 on AM 800. I know, I can't fit all this into one hour. I keep telling the guys here at Bell Media, it's just one hour is not enough to talk about what we do because we're all so passionate about it. And, and you can hear it in the voice of, you know, Steve Fleck, Barry Shepley, and, and Kevin McKinnon, the guys who just joined us. And I'd like to get them back. Maybe in a couple of weeks, we're going to do another show with, with some race directors of triathlons, especially the, the smaller kind of hometown triathlons, and really kind of get their perspective on the sport because they're the ones who are losing the numbers overall uh to what what we've seen and these are anecdotally right i mean where people are saying hey you know what these, these triathlons aren't doing so well now and, and that was the reason for doing this whole show was to kind of uh, you know get, get some of these these larger officials and larger in life people that that we've always heard about in the sport get them on air and get their views of what's really happening behind the scenes and uh, i mean look at two years ago i think iron man had 64 events in in north america and today i think there are over 140 some odd so i mean there, there's been a, a dramatic growth in in events uh which also has increased their participation levels but i think there are those 64 events if you looked at them they actually have less participants in them today than they had three four or five years ago Anyway, I said my piece about triathlon. Um, next week, we are off for Canada Day uh, for the big race. Uh, obviously, we're doing race kit pickup on Tuesday night. And, uh, and the week after, we come back with the Premier of Ontario, Kathleen Wynn's going to join me on the air. And we're going to talk about running and why it's important to run in Ontario and get fit. And, and you know, how does that, you know, help our health care costs, you know, and OHIP and everything else. It's an interesting conversation. Yes, I did go for a run with Kathleen Wynn uh, last Friday. Um, it was, uh, it was an honor. You know, when the premier calls and says, Hey, you want to go for a run? Uh, thou goes for a run folks. And, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun joined by a number of, uh, uh some running flat folks and, 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 our friends. Uh, you have been listening to running flat radio for more information about anything that we talk about. It's on runningflat.com. That's where all of our races are. You can also listen to running flat radio past episodes there or go to iTunes and uh, and just subscribe to them and and listen to them like this will be up uh by by tomorrow afternoon uh, a couple of things that we want to talk about race wise uh canada day we do have registration on tuesday night uh and we also have registration day of on wednesday and uh for those folks uh it starts at 7 a.m 9 a.m is a race the kids race is at, at 9 a.m uh the earlier the better for for everybody to uh pick up their bibs and their shirts. Uh, Rock Me Anaphylaxis on the Saturday, July 4th, out of uh, the Fork and Cork, amazing waterfront course, lots of entertainment, lots of allergy-free foods, because that's the whole point. It's all about anaphylaxis and, and allergy awareness. Uh, the Color Run, July 18th, the Shine Tour is here, and it is always a messy event, 100% of the time, and uh, you'll just love that. The Craft Draft, the Walkerville Craft Draft, Walkerville Brewery Craft Draft 5K, uh, August 8th, 6 p.m., uh, you declare yourself single, married, or 
it's complicated with a yellow bib. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, we actually have a young gentleman registered from Nebraska who's single. Who's flying in from Nebraska. You don't know. Maybe he'll meet his mate. I don't know. I, I, you know, I certainly hope so. Make it worth his while. Make it worth his trip. But uh, a lot of people from Ottawa and Toronto as well coming down for Walkerville Breweries. Craft Drafts in, in historic and trendy Walkerville. Don't forget about Run for Heroes. It's been our signature event for a number of years. Started off as a World Alzheimer's Day uh, run, which was an ultra marathon, and then we made it into a marathon. We dropped the marathon end of last year, so we just have the half, the 10K, the 5K, and the Kids Marathon, which is brought to you by Libro. And uh, what's what's amazing about that event is uh, uh, you're at home, don't know what to do with the kids because by the end of this week they're going to be sitting at home driving you crazy uh up on your fridge is is this chart and they have to chart 41 kilometers between now and september 20th that's what they got to do whether it's 500 meters at a time or 100 meters at a time who cares uh but it gets some focus gets them doing it and then they come and run the last kilometer with us that day and get a real marathon medal so it's pretty cool uh and on all the proceeds to that go to our friends at the Alzheimer's Society or Windsor and Essex. And don't forget about Zombie Chase. I know we forgot to talk about Zombie Chase because it's Thanksgiving weekend, but you know what? There's no better way to, to really spend Thanksgiving Saturday than dressing up or being chased by zombies on a 5K course along the waterfront. It's an awesome time. The metal glows in the dark. The shirt's super cool. All those, all those races and more are on, on uh, runningflat.com. And uh, I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. And don't forget, keep running. And that's the end of it. End of episode. Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski. Tuesday night, 7 till 8 on AM 800. Running Flat Radio is a paid program. Local news is next on AM 800 CKLW, the information station.